Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege. And uh, so let me just jump right into this. Um, how many of you know, and it's pretty obvious, that we are living in some very uh, unprecedented, unconventional, uh, unreal times that no one could have ever forecasted that this would be the last four months of our lives. And there is a global going on. There's something global going on. And I do not believe that this uh, pandemic uh, or uh, anything else that's happening around in America specifically has taken God by surprise. I don't think that Jesus and the Heavenly Father are having a conversation and they're going like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do right now? The COVID-19 is, is uh, let loose on the, on the globe. I actually believe that God is up to something with this. I actually believe that this is providing us uh, this setback uh, is not an opportunity for us to take a step back for us, but for us to get ready for our comeback as a church. Amen, somebody. I believe that this is a divine setup for us to go up blow up and make the devil throw up. Amen, somebody? I think this is, I believe that we are being strategically positioned for something that our nation has never seen. I believe that now is the time that this is the place and we're the people to usher in the greatest spiritual awakening that the United States of America has ever experienced. It's too crazy for it to be anything else. It is so unexplainable that it has to be spiritual, that everything in God begins with the understanding that we have to betray the natural tendencies of our humanity to get set up for God to do something supernatural. There has got to be one more great big revival before Jesus splits those clouds and comes back on a white horse and takes us to heaven. Amen, somebody? And I believe that this is such a time as this. I am not gonna, I am not going to calibrate and cooperate and align myself with a narrative of hate and a narrative of division and a narrative of brokenness. I believe that the power of the living God is living inside of you and me and this is the time for us to unleash the will of God on this planet and watch Jesus redeem mankind from what the devil meant for evil God is going to convert it for good and advance his kingdom amen somebody I am not going to bend my knee to a mindset that makes me afraid and talks me out of my destiny. Nothing inside of me has changed because stuff around me has changed. Listen to me, Resurrection Life. You are put on this planet for such a time as this. And I believe that God reserves his best for some of the worst times. And this is a difficult time in the life of our nation. It's a difficult time, uh, you know, in the health arena, in the interpersonal relationship arena, in the economic arena, 
There's difficulty everywhere, and I believe that the difficulty is just to cause the reality of the futility of man's solutions to come into a robust focus so the church can step in with the love of God that covers sin, with the goodness of God that leads people to repentance, with the love that covers everything that's wrong. And listen, we're going to make mistakes along the way, but God's intentions are going to prevail I'm telling you, this is our shot at revival, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't know about you, but I'm not going to the end of the line. I'm going to stay out front and lead with love in Jesus' name. That's what I'm doing. I invite you to go there with me. Amen? This is our time. So I want to entitle this, uh, this message today, uh, Unchained. I got it from Bernie. I was calling it chain breakers. He's like, no, unchained. I go, okay, I'll take it. So unchained. How many of you know that you cannot be catapulted into a fresh start or a fresh place if you are if you're chained to what used to be or who you used to be or how you were raised or whatever you're chained to in your life? You and I today have got to get free from what's back there so we can be you know, catapulted into what lies ahead. So when we first got married, we had this dog. It was a Dalmatian. And uh, his name was Remington. And Remington was out of control. Amen, somebody. We don't have any more dogs because we have grandkids now. So we got all the animals we need. I mean, they're everywhere. And so, um, but this dog, Remington... I would get one of those like little corkscrew kind of things that you put, a, put the dog chain on, you chain the dog up and you put it on this thing and you put it in the grass and the dog gets to play outside out in front with everybody and, and it's got a chain so it doesn't work. Well, this dog, every time somebody ride by on a bike, every time a car would go by, Remington would run with that chain on its collar, rip that thing out of the grass and go down the street hauling the thing that was supposed to hold him back. So then I put him on a, on a picnic table. I chained him to a picnic table. That dog would drag the dog on picnic table down the street. This dog was not gonna let himself be chained to limitations. And some of us were chained to a picnic table and sometimes maybe we feel like we only get so far and it's pulling us back. Today, I'm telling you, we're going to break some chains. We're going to get you free so God can do whatever he wants to do in your life. You're going to be free into a liberated place, into a place where you're not afraid, into a place where you are uh, infused with boldness. You're carriers of the good news of Jesus Christ. You have the power of God unto salvation. If people will just believe it and that believing starts with us, you are America's answer and what you're carrying is the remedy to everything that is causing our nation to be all locked up. It's the people of God that's carrying the gospel of God and talking about the goodness of God and that has got to be unleashed in our nation and it's going to take us to do it. Amen, somebody? That's where we're moving. So, Chain breakers, unleashed, unchained. How does that happen? Because we are able to break chains when what is in front of us is stronger than what is going on now or what is in our past. What is in front of us has got to be stronger than where we're living right now or where we have been. 
The only way we're going to get to where we've never been is to break the chains of where we are and what got us here. Amen, somebody? We are going to do what we've never done, see what we've never seen, have what we never have, experience influence like we've never had influence. Listen, man, our help is not going to come from the White House, the courthouse, the schoolhouse, the clubhouse, the outhouse. It's going to come from God's house. Amen, somebody? My help comes from the sanctuary. This is God setting us up. To usher in something that's never happened in the hearts of people. And listen, man, America, you know you're going to get a revival when you need one. And we can depend on God to send us a spiritual awakening like we've never seen before because we need one like we've never seen before because we're seeing things that we've never seen before. And listen, maybe the devil's putting on, on our nation what the nation has never seen before, but the, but the church is about to put on our nation what it's never seen before. Amen, somebody? And it's going to be stronger than the agenda of our adversary. Praise the Lord. Amen? So, so... We're going to see some chains broken because what's in front of us has got to be more powerful than what got us to where we are or where, where we currently are or what is in our past. So in Acts chapter 8, let me just read a couple verses to you. Uh, there was this persecution going on in the church. If we look at Acts 8, 1 and following, it says Saul, who later became the Apostle Paul, but this is Saul of Tarsus, was in hearty agreement with putting him to death, Stephen talking about Stephen got, getting stoned. And on, on, and on that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem. And look at me. The church in Jerusalem was the headquarters for the move of God. It's where all the, all the apostles were. It was the epicenter of, of uh, the, the church of, of Jesus Christ. Jerusalem was where it was all happening at that time. And so they were in their space, in that place. And here, Saul of Tarsus, who later becomes the Apostle Paul, decides that the church in Jerusalem is doing things that he didn't approve of and decided to create a persecution against the church. And it began... And then because of that persecution, there was a scattering throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, and everyone scattered except the apostles. Verse 2, and the devout men buried Stephen, and they were, they were crying over him. Verse 3, and Saul began ravaging the church, entering house after house, and dragging off men and women, and putting them in prison. There was an attack against the church. There was a, a, a concentrated focus on the only thing that was going to remedy the society. And here, the, Saul of Tarsus gets in his mind that the church was the enemy instead of the remedy. And so, verse 4, Therefore, those who have been scattered went about preaching the word. Listen. They can try to persecute the church, but they cannot take away what's on the inside of you and me. They can try to, they can try to disrupt our corporate expression of gathering, but they cannot interrupt the declaration of the God deposit that's been put on the inside of you and me. They, listen, wherever we go, there we are. 
Wherever we go, there the gospel is. Wherever we go, our lives and our words proclaim the goodness of God, the salvation of our king, the plan of God having more potency than the attack of the enemy. We are the people of God. We are the church of the living God. And we are the only agency on the planet that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. So scatter us if you want to. But wherever we go, light goes. Salt goes. Deliverance goes. Amen, somebody? This is who we are because of this is whose we are. And so those who have been scattered, they went about preaching because that's what we do. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he began proclaiming Christ to them. And the crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was being said by Philip. And as they heard him and as they saw him, They saw signs and they heard messages and they declared, listen, people are not just listening to what you're saying. They're watching how we're living. They're not just listening to what we're declaring, but they're watching how we treat each other. They're watching if we're afraid. They're watching if we are people of faith and believing. They're watching if we're forgiving and tolerant. And that we know how to stand with one another and that, the, that we're fervent in our love for one another because our love is covering a multitude of sin. Yes, we celebrate diversity, but we're the people of God that preserve the unity. That we are Christians first. We're not political parties first. We're not races first. We are not social economic statuses first. We are Christians first. We are seekers of the kingdom of God first. And if we'll seek the kingdom of God first, it will add everything in our lives. Whatever you're seeking first, that's what's adding things into your life. Man, let's seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness and watch God add your dream to you, add your destiny to you, add your health to you, add elevation to your life. Watch God add revival to America. Why? Because there's got to be a constituency of people that are making the kingdom first. Listen, man, if we spend as much time reading the Bible and praying as we do watching somebody's opinion about what's going on, maybe we wouldn't be struggling within our emotions. Amen, somebody? If we would pick up God's agenda instead of everything else, I'm telling you, the intentions of God are going to prevail. We might as well start walking in it now. Amen, somebody? I am not going to calibrate to all of this junk being thrown up into my living room. I'm going to listen to the voice of God who, who it's his heart that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And Lord, let this be the time when America experiences the greatest outpouring of salvation Listen, making the most of the time because the days are evil. When the days are evil, that's when we need to make the most of our time. And I have an announcement. There's some stuff going on. And so this is our opportunity to make the most of it. To bring the good news. I will not get entangled in conversations that are taking my attention away from the goodness of God in my life. I will not get caught up into conversations and a narrative of hate and division. The Bible says, let there be no divisions among you. 
I don't know what the world and the broken system is all about. It does, that's not my concern. My concern is that it doesn't matter. It does not matter what's going on around me. What's going on in me is that there is no division between me and my brothers and my sisters. Amen. I don't want heaven to be a surprise when I get up there and there's every tribe and every tongue and every creed and every race worshiping at the throne of grace, declaring that the King of kings and the Lord of lords is Jesus Christ. I don't want to be surprised when I get there like it's the first time I ever did it. Amen. Let's get used to hanging out with people that look different than us, that make less money or more money, that came from different places. Let's get used to hanging out and being and, have, and making room for one another in our lives and send a message to the world that you are not going to divide God's house. There will be no divisions among us. Amen. There can't be a narrative of hate in the kingdom of God. Lord Jesus. This is the time, man. This is our opportunity. So, so here, uh, when they heard Philip and they saw Philip, there was many unclean spirits started coming out. And those people that were getting delivered, they were shouting with loud voices. And many had been paralyzed and lame. They were healed. And the result of Philip moving in the things of God because of the persecution against the church and the difficulty that was hitting the house, there was much rejoicing in that city. You and I hold the key to America rejoicing again. You and I hold the key to the lame, broken, limping soul of this nation being revitalized by the Holy Spirit Sending a Holy Ghost revival to a nation that's lost her way. Amen. I'm not going to calibrate to what I see. I'm going to walk by what I don't see. And I see an America that's coming together. I see an America that has, is one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. I'm seeing a, a church that's going to rise up in the love and the power of the Holy Spirit where we're going to obliterate divisions and we're going to smash everything that's trying to take our liberties away from us and we are going to bring liberty liberty and rejoicing to a, to a nation that needs it so bad, America is going to come back to the Lord Jesus Christ because now is our time. What the devil meant for evil, God's going to convert it for the good of his kingdom. Amen, somebody? Let's stop getting caught up in the negative and let's start declaring the good things that's coming. Watch this. Watch this. See, we are not chained to our name or what happened in, in our past. I'm not chained to the Hage uh, pedigree, thank God. The Hage pedigree was a mutt. There was no pedigree. I'm not chained to my mom and dad that got me here. I came through my parents, but my Bible says, little children, you came from God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about who I came through. Praise the Lord. If I had a choice, I would have come through somebody else. But glory to God, I came from God. Amen, somebody? And all God needed to do was get me here, and he just found two unsuspecting people to come together and have Steve Hage, and then they didn't know what to do with me after that. Amen, somebody? But God knew what to do with me. He knows what to do with you. You are not chained to how you got here. You're chained to who brought you here. 
Amen. And you have a God deposit. You have a plan and a purpose and a destiny that's on the inside of you that got activated when you said yes to Jesus. Amen. You're going to give the devil a nervous breakdown with your life because God got you here and now he's got a hold of you. Man. So, so you are not chained to your name. I don't go to Jesus in the name of, of my parents. My dad's name. You want to know what my dad's name was? Now, you go figure this one out. My father's name was Albert Abdullah Hajibaba. He came from Damascus, Syria. Muslim stronghold. And look at me (laughs) preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. My mother came from Amman, Jordan, from two Jewish people, Lillian and Harry Esau. And who would have thunk in a million years that Albert Abdullah Hajj, Hajji Baba, they shortened it to Hajj so we didn't get made fun of in school, would marry Gloria Esau and have Steve. And Jesus would survey the landscape of America and put his finger on this wild child, send him this little beachcomber, and say, you two go into your futures preaching the gospel of Jesus, and I'm going to use you like never before. I'm first-generation Christian. Don't tell me that I have to come to God in the name of my parents. I come to God in the name of his son, who is Jesus Christ, and you too. You should look at me and I should be able to give you hope because you can be like, if God can use that, I got all the chances in the world to be somebody. Praise the Lord. So we don't come to God chained in our name, but Jesus' name. When, and listen, listen, when God looked at his son on the cross, he didn't see the son. He saw our sin. And then he responded to what he saw. And what did he do when he saw our sin? He forsook his son. That's why Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The reason why he forsook him is because he saw you and me. But the good news is, when God looks at us now, he doesn't see us. He sees him. He looked at Jesus and saw you, and he sees you and sees Jesus. And so when God goes to make a decision about you, he doesn't make a decision about you based on what he sees in you of your past. He sees in you his son. And so he makes the same decisions with the same consideration for you as he does with Jesus. So we don't approach him chained to our name. We approach him covered in his name. You are not chained to your pedigree or your past. See, God isn't reacting to you according to you. He's reacting to you according to his son. So the life that we now live, we live by the life of his son, Jesus Christ, who gave himself up for us. That's why when we come to the 
the Father, we don't use our name. We come to him in Jesus' name. That's when we pray. We don't pray in our name. We pray in Jesus' name. Where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is. It's his name. It's his name. Why? Because Jesus bore our name so that we could have his name. Jesus became Steve's sin. So I could become Jesus's righteousness. Come on, man. You have every benefit and every promise procured for you on the cross. That's, you don't have to be chained to your name because you are covered in his name. Amen, somebody? That's good news. That is such good news. When God looks at you, he's like, I can't see you. All he can see is what Jesus did for you. You're dead and your life is hidden with God in Christ. Hidden, hidden, you're hidden. Your life does not have to consist of you using a doggone backhoe, exhuming the old you and cracking open the casket and trying to ask your old dead, decomposing, forgiven self for advice. You're connected to the risen Jesus not to the buried you. You're buried, and now you're walking in newness of life. Why don't you come to him in that name? Why don't we break the chains of who we used to be and go into who we gotta be? Okay, let me keep on going. So in him that we're in, the Bible says we live and we move and we have our being. See, when we don't know what to do, we hang around with what we know. And sometimes we live our Christianity living and not moving. But it's in him we live and move and have our being. There's got to be movement. Everything in God has movement. The Corona 19 is setting the church up for movement. COVID-19. It's setting us up for movement, not standing still, not just living. We're not just called to live. We're called to move. Now, now follow me on this. So when we hang out with what we know for too long, the Lord will start arranging things to get his church to move, to get his people to move. See, being a Christ follower is not us building monuments. It's a movement. It's a progressive process that moves us from glory to glory and faith to faith and strength to strength. So so don't look for us where we used to be. Listen, somebody called the church the other day. When are we going back to the way it used to be? I said, excuse me, I'm not going back to anything. I'm going on to what I'm called to be. I'm going on to what we're going to be. I'm not going back to what I used to be. I love what I used to be, but I, what's, what we're going to be is going to be better. Okay, I got to hurry because somebody's been up here talking too long. Okay, let me keep going. See, fear will stop our movement and turn us into a monument. Fear paralyzes you. See, most of our entanglements are just indicators of where we stopped. And I believe that God is wanting to get his great and glorious church on the move again. 
I believe that we are going to get, God's, God's going to baptize us in a fresh way with eyes to evangelize, with ability to be big enough to embrace all people. I believe that something is coming to the church that the, that the broken system cannot deny. I believe that the light is going to be so bright because the darkness is so dark that this is our moment. I'm not going to be what I used to be. I'm going to be what I'm going to be. Just because we had a setback, we're not taking a step back. Get ready to come. Come back stronger than before, bigger than before, love more loving than before in Jesus' name. <sighs> the Bible says God causes all things to be beautiful in its time. It's not beautiful right now, so it's not time yet. Just give God some more time. I've been married for 40 years. I'm still giving God time. Eventually, she's going to think I'm good looking. Come on, somebody. He makes everything beautiful, even me, in, my t- in his time. This is going to be beautiful. God's going to turn this thing around. There is going to be harmony and health. It's going to look like heaven on earth because that's Jesus' prayer. On earth as it is in heaven. And last time I checked, every tribe, every tongue, every race, every nationality, every social economic person, status of a person is going to be sitting at the, standing at the throne, worshiping the king. And I believe that that's what the church is going to look like on this earth coming right up. Amen, somebody, that we are going to obliterate everything that's trying to divide us. And we're going to flip the script on the devil. And we're going to be unified. We're going to celebrate diversity and preserve the unity. And we're going to give the devil a nervous breakdown in Jesus' name because we love each other fervently. Amen, somebody? That's how it's happening, in my opinion. Don't look for me where I used to be. See, God has a way of shifting things and getting us out of our comfort zone and pushing us away from what's familiar The difficulty that the persecution on the church was causing was creating a fresh direction that that God was causing. Listen, I know COVID-19 is causing some things, but I believe God's causing some things too. And God is causing all things to work together for our good because we have the love of God and the purpose of God deposited in the people of God. I don't care what that, I don't care what the world is causing. I don't care what the broken system is causing. I know that God is going to cause whatever they're causing to be converted for the good of the kingdom of God. I can't wait to see it, but I ain't going anywhere until it happens. Amen, somebody? See, sometimes it's not about the doors God opens, and sometimes it's about the doors God closes. Jerusalem was what was familiar to everybody. That's why Jesus was crucified outside of Jerusalem. Because Jesus is like, I am going to break rules. I'm going to break the common mindset and the conventional mindset of people. I'm going to go outside of anything that any of y'all ever thought of. And I'm going to redeem mankind outside of the conventional. And listen, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know it's not going to look conventional. 
I don't know what it's going to feel like, but it's going to feel like it's never felt before. We're going to see what we've never seen before. We're going to do what we've never done before. We're going to have what we've never had before because God is about something that's never been done before. And you're going to witness it with your own eyes, and you're going to be a glove on God's hand. Let's stop getting caught up in what doesn't matter. And let's start being the light of the world that's brighter than the darkness. Let's start being the salt of the earth that gives flavor and preservation to what we're facing in America today. Church, don't you understand? This is our moment. The world is going to be reduced to the reality that nothing works except Jesus. Let them have their shot at it. And we'll just chill and thrill until. Amen. I almost said chilling and thrilling like a villain, but then I realized where I was. Amen, somebody. Come on. See, sometimes, and and it's a wrap. If I could have the piano player come, please. Sometimes troubled times will shift us from glory to glory and from faith to faith and from strength to strength. This is why the Apostle Paul said in Romans 5, Verse 3, glory in your tribulation. Why? Because it's shifting you. Glory in it. Why? Because it's positioning us for revival. You might be in survival right now, but revival's coming, kid. You hang on. You believe. You watch. Pack your bags. We're leaving this place. We're leaving our comfort zones. We're leaving the way that it's always been, and we're going to usher in the way that it's never been. Philip went down to Samaria. God's going to take what's working against us because of persecution, and he's going to take that and turn it to start working for us. The lesser will go into being the greater. The former will be the latter reign. And sometimes God will use our difficulties to lead us into places where he has unfinished business. And let me just tell you something right now. God has unfinished business with Resurrection Life Church. He has unfinished business with this region of America. He has unfinished business with his church in America. And he has unfinished business with America. God is returning America to one nation under God, indivisible, undivided. Amen, somebody? God is returning, and only God can cause that. And this is that moment. We got to get free. We cannot take our chains with us where we're going. And I want to ask that you just leave your chains here today. And let's go where we've never gone. And do what we've never done. And see what we've never seen. And have what we've never had. All to the glory of God. Are you with me? Amen, somebody. Let's be those people. Let's stand real quick. And if you came with somebody. Not everybody came with somebody. But if you have come with somebody. I want to ask. Since you go home with them. 
I'm going to ask that you take their hand if you came with somebody. If you didn't come with somebody, don't touch them. But if you did, go ahead and grab their hand. And those of you who are at home, go find somebody to grab someone's hand. I don't know what you're doing at home. You might be sitting there in your pajamas, drinking your vanilla latte, dipping your biscotti. Oh wait, you're probably cleaning your gun. Or combing the hair on the bear that you shot with an arrow. Come on, somebody. I don't know what you're doing. But whatever you're doing, if you're here today and you're like, I'm done with these chains. I'm done with my past. I'm done with this narrative of hate and division. And I need to come to Jesus for the first time. Or maybe you're here and you haven't been following God for a really long time. And you're at home and you're just watching today. And you're like, I got to get right with God right now. I want everyone who can hear my voice to pray. And let's watch Jesus break the chains. Cleanse us from everything that's holding us back. And catapulting us into a place of bringing revival to a nation that needs it. Let's pray right here and right now. Everyone pray with me. If you're at home, pray out loud with me. Everyone say, Heavenly Father, today is my day. Break the chains. Forgive me for everything that's been in the way. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. Make me brand new. And use me as an instrument of reviving this great nation. Lord, even if nobody goes with me, still I will follow you. I'm never going back to my chains. I'm moving on to my destiny in Jesus' name. Don't let go of that hand. You're in the balcony. You're on the floor. You prayed it that prayer. You came to Jesus for the first time or you came back to him after a long time. I'm going to count to three. And will you just gently squeeze the hand of the person that you're holding that you came with on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Just squeeze that hand. Squeeze it. You've been waiting for this all of your life. Now, if somebody squeezed your hand, I'm going to count to three one more time. And when I say three, if someone squeezed your hand, will you just gently lift that hand to the Lord so I can pray? Ready? One, two, three. Lift that hand right now. Lift it all over the place. Look at that. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Leave it up. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, you see every life that's connected to every hand that's lifted. And Lord, I'm asking according to your word that you would plant them in the house of God. That they would flourish and be equipped in their destiny. Lord, that you would baptize us in the Holy Spirit and with fire. And Lord, that you would lead every person that is being saved right now into their purpose and into their destiny. Lord, we welcome them into the family of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. So thankful. If you received the Lord or came back to the Lord, there's a number for you to text. Just text yes 
to that number right there and and we will reach out to you and get a hold of you will you just lift your hands up one more time and let me bless you father i bless this house lord i declare that everything they put their hand to will prosper lord i pray that you bless them when they stand up when they sit down when they go out and when they come in Lord, I cancel every negative thing that's ever been said about anybody in this room or anybody who can hear my voice. Lord, I declare that the blessing of God will overtake this people, overtake this house. And Lord, I declare that we will be too blessed to be stressed because we're letting you take care of the rest. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I'll see you next time. God bless you. Love you. We hope what you heard today has been encouraging and given you new insight into the Word of God. We upload weekly, so join us again next time. Be blessed and enjoy your week.